All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 95,651. 252. Just bag milk and Tyler today. Just, Just bag milk and Tyler. Two of us. You can make it if we try. When was the last time we've done one of these? Just the two of us. It's been a while. Um, we've done it. I've been on a couple of better late than nevers. Um, on Friday, I was hammered on the beat cast with you. So there's that. Yes. Yes. People wanted to talk that? about the Oilers game. We did not. So we were talking about Christmas. It was miserable. That was a miserable start to the holiday weekend against the Vancouver Canucks, wasn't it? We're going to get there. We're going to we're going to dig into the sadness that was that hockey game. But first, for our friends at DoorDash and Oodle Noodle, we've got a delicious debate coming up. Of course, Oodle Noodle newest location open to Calgary just a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now down in Calgary. If you're there, go get something to eat. If you're feeling lazy, you've cooked enough for the week. Let's be honest. Christmas just passed on Sunday. You were probably in the kitchen all day or at least mm-hmm. observing what was going on in the kitchen all day like I was. And that means you're allowed to order. Ding dong for Liam. DoorDash is the place to get it. Oodle Noodle is available on there as well. If you like, Tyler, what do you got for a delicious debate today? Well, the Oilers have played 35 games this season, Bag Milk, and they have the same record as they did last season through 35 games, 18-5-2. It is perfectly identical, of course, last season. Dave Tippett was still the head coach at that point in the year, but the Oilers went on to finish the year with 104 points in the regular season. And what's actually interesting is, so through 35 games, they were 18, 15, and two. 
in the next 15 games after it last season, the Oilers actually went on an impressive run of 10-4-1, which is weird considering that includes the final stretch of games under Dave Tippett. But I went back to last year's schedule, and I always think it's interesting to relive or go back and think of what we were talking about in the moment last year. Oh, um, no. So game <laughs> game 35 last year was a 6-4 loss to the Ottawa Senators on home ice. Not good. And I no, remember the, the pitchfork pitchforks were fully out at that point because it was they lost all four of their games so far in January. Everyone wanted Tippett fired and they had a four day break after that because of a COVID thing. So it made sense, right? We were all like, oh, yeah, they're going to gas tip it here. And whoever the new coaches will have a bit of runway here to work with the team. They didn't. Game 36 was a 6 nothing loss on home ice to the Florida Panthers, which was brutal. Oh, boy. But then they picked it up after that. They rattled off four straight wins, then lost an OT to Ottawa and beat Washington after that. So they went 5-0-1 over that next stretch, 5-1-1 on the stretch as a whole. And then they lost to Vegas and Chicago back-to-back on home ice. Gas, Dave Tippett, Woodcroft came in. They rattled off five straight wins. And that's how they got to that 10-4-1 stretch. They eventually finished the year, like I said, with 104 points. All of that is to get to the delicious debate today, which is last year they got to 104 bag milk. How many do you think they're going to get to this season? I still think they could break 100. You know, like, I mean, obviously the first were we got 47 games left on the season. I still think they can get there. It's just, can they put together a string like they did last year? Because when when Woody came in, in in February, they looked like a completely different team. But now Jay Woodcroft is here. Yeah. And they're looking too much like the Dave Tippett team that got him gassed in the first place. And I'm not saying that we're going to fire Jay Woodcroft. That's ridiculous. But I don't I like to think that they're going to break 100, but maybe that's just me being biased. I don't know. Like tonight's game against the Flames, and we'll talk about it in a second, is going to be a huge one for the Oilers because they need these points. Calgary bumped them out of a playoff spot with the win over Anaheim right before the break. If Calgary wins tonight, that could have ramifications down the line when it comes to tiebreakers over at flamesnation.ca Ryan Pike has the full walkthrough of what those tiebreakers look like in the event that these two teams are tied or close to each other or whatever happens at the end of the season and I just it's a huge game so to answer the question I still think they can break 100 but I'm getting nervous about it it's gonna be tight like for them to break 100 points right now their record down the stretch here is going to have to be 31-16-0. That would have them finishing the year at exactly 100 points. And man, winning two out of every three games for the duration of the season is very doable, but very difficult. That basically means, again, you got to have a points percentage with, well, that's going to be around 666. The list of teams in the Western Conference who have a points percentage of 666 or better is one. It's Vegas, and that's it. So it's going to be really hard. I do still think they'll get to 100 points because I just think this team is still too talented to not have some run here where they're like nine and one or eight and two in in ten games. And when you go nine and one or eight and two, the idea of going 31 and 16 down the stretch as a whole gets a lot better. Like if you can go eight and two in a stretch of ten games, all of a sudden after that you're looking at going. 23 and 14 and it's like okay like that's a lot more manageable so they're gonna need a heater and a pretty darn good one but I still think they can get to 100 points this season I don't think it's like a super biased Oilers colored glasses take to have but there's also a lot of problems right now and the thing that's concerning 
we sat here through 10 games and we're like, man, the defense isn't good enough. Through 20 games, man, the defense isn't good enough. Goaltending's not good enough. Stuart Skinner was just playing lights out, but Campbell was brutal. And then at the 30-game mark, I remember talking to Jay, being like, Jay, the defense cannot keep being this bad. They're too talented to be this bad all year. But now we go another five games and... I mean, it's still nothing but the blue line just being putrid. And that is really concerning that they haven't even had an acceptable stretch from their blue line through 35 games. Yeah, 100%. And it does like for everybody that's looking for a trade, we're all looking for a trade to bolster the defense. But at this point, it like I don't it doesn't seem like anything's coming. So it's going to be up to those guys in the room to figure it out. Like Darnell Nurse is one of those guys that has to play better. We know that. But at the same point, he should probably be playing less than he is right now. He's playing a lot of minutes. And sure, just because the legs and body can do it doesn't mean that you're not mentally fatigued and maybe making some mistakes that you otherwise wouldn't. So they need to figure it out on defense. They need a commitment to the game. And if Rick was here, he would probably say five-man unit down back. We need that too because, again... There was situations against Vancouver the other day where the boys were just flying the zone so early, cheating for offense, and that's not the way to win in this league. And it's a problem that we've seen so far through 35 games. Yeah, and again, it's just the fact that there we're not seeing a lot of improvements. Like, Darnell Nurse hasn't been able to string together three good games this year. Evan Bouchard, you know, maybe there was that run where he scored against the Rangers in Florida that was good, but like outside of that, just not good enough. Cody Cece, Brett Kulak have had good stretches. Tyson Berry's had good stretches. But I'm looking at Nurse and Bouchard specifically, and it was like, hey, Darnell Nurse this year was supposed to be the healthy version of himself and back to yeah. being the top-pairing defenseman that he was down the stretch last season. He hasn't Do been Do you wonder guy. about that? Do you wonder about that at all? His like, I, Yeah, I was just... It, not specifically his health. Like, I imagine... Like, I assume he's okay, but who knows for sure. But based on the injuries that he had in the playoffs and just kind of you know, the reports that he might have to get core surgery, which he never ended up happening. I wonder what kind of summer he had. And I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, but like when you can't train all summer because you can't lift weights or you can't do it, your normal routine. I wonder how much of that was in there. The only thing I would fire back on with that is it's not like this guy's just getting burnt wide. It's not like he's, his passes don't have enough zip on them and things like that. It feels like a lot of his mistakes are mental. It's about how he's approaching plays. So, you know, if he was a step behind everyone, maybe I could see that. And and maybe it's just a fact of his game's not where it should be. He doesn't feel as confident as he should be. And that's leading to the mental mistakes. So maybe there is something there, but I don't know. Even if it was a bad summer, like you would hope by the 35 game mark, like we're almost halfway yeah. through the year, he should have it sorted. Yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to more so think it out loud than trying to yeah. come up with excuses. I, I just, it's very confusing because he's just better than this. Yeah. <laughs> Flat out, I just expect him to be better than this because historically he has been. And that's what I, I just, I guess I just don't understand. He's like trying to do too much or something. Like, I, I don't know. He's not playing a simple game that we're used to seeing from Darnell Nurse. Yeah. And I mean, he's still jumping up in the rush and things like that, which you love to see from Darnell because that's what, you know, that's the reason why the team paid him what they did is because he seemed to be moving into one of those elite transition D-men where even though he doesn't necessarily do it passing the puck, he can transport the puck very, very well just by using his feet. And right now it feels like every time he does that, it's an odd man rush the other way and the team's getting burned. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a couple people on Oilers Nation every day today. Uh, We're doing game days only this week, by the way, if you want to tune in live on the Nation Network YouTube. And 
the I, someone said in the chat, oh, they'll get to 100 because their schedule is going to get easier. But I don't even see how you can say that with this team right now because you go back through the last couple of weeks. I was just going to say. That game against St. Louis, they had in Winnable. the bag against a team that should have been gassed and you should have gone pedal to the floor. You only got one point. You blew it against Anaheim and you blew it against Vancouver. Those were six points you should have just had stashed away. When you look at the month of December, those are three games you circle and go win, win, win. And they lost all of them. So you can't look at the schedule and be like, well, I mean, it it gets easier because you play Anaheim. Yeah, well... And it's the same thing. We might as well jump into it for the Vancouver game. It was the same thing against the Vancouver against Vancouver on No Other's Nation every day on Friday. Yeah, I was I was feeling both bullish and nervous at the same point. Right? It was like this is a game on paper the Oilers should just clean house on Vancouver. Yeah. Second half of a back to back set, they were starting their third string goalie, like all of that. But then at the same point, I've been an Oilers fan my entire life. And these are the games that they generally lose. So the only good thing that happened on Friday night was our friends at Betway have the cash out option <laughs> available. And to be honest, like Tyler, I know that we, um, we were talking puck line a lot yeah. earlier in the day. The only good thing I did that night in terms of betting was take the cash out. When I started to see things go the other way, that's the only positive I can take away from that. Smart I didn't man. even get my over one and a half total power play goals. I didn't get any of my props. That's the only thing that went well for me. So w- with that in mind, if you're betting on tonight's game against the flames, yeah, are you cautious? What's your approach here? Cause like risky business for me is going up here in a little bit. As soon as we wrap this up, I'm going to, t- I'm going to put that together at othersnation.com. But I don't know what my approach is even going to be here. Well, the Oilers are big dogs tonight, right? Or not huge. I shouldn't say big dogs. They are plus 125 on the money line, plus 190 in regulation, plus 240 on the puck line. But I want to look quickly here just to see how they've been as underdogs this year. Man, okay. How about this? When they're underdogs this year, they are six and five. They have a winning record in games that Vegas and the sports books and our friends at Betway say they're not supposed to win. They win more than they lose. So maybe that's a point where you just look at tonight and you go, man, they're probably going to win against Dallas. You're sitting there going, probably a scheduled loss here. Dallas is one of the best teams in the conference. They're rolling. And Edmonton finds a way to not only win, they win by three goals. It was one of their best games of the season. That's what made Friday's loss to Vancouver so confusing to me. Yeah, I don't get it, man. Like you would think that in the room, they would sit there and be like, wow, the way we played against Dallas really worked. We should do that against Vancouver. And it feels like they did for 20 minutes. The scoring chances at five on five in the first, according to natural Statric, were 16 to three. How do you take your foot off the gas after dominating a team that hard for 20 minutes? And just like, wow, we're probably good here. I don't know. Yeah, it that's just, what it seemed like. You know, it just seemed like in the first intermission, like, ah, we got this one in the bag, baby. It's Christmas time. Let's roll. And this it doesn't matter what team you're playing. This league's just too good for that. Like the, you're, you're going to get fucked if you do that. And the Oilers have been doing it over and over and over again. It's the same thing that happened against Anaheim last weekend. I saw that as a game that the Oilers should absolutely won. Bet with my heart. I'm sure you did too. And they just duffed it. They completely duffed it. And it's just so frustrating because this is a team that's got such high expectations that when you see a game like that on the schedule, you expect them to absolutely light that team up because that's what contenders do. Yeah. And we're just not there. 
tonight you look at a matchup where you're playing a very good team that's starting to find their way. 3-0-1 in their last four have outshot their opponents at 5-on-5 five five in like six of their last seven. They're getting depth scoring from a lot of pieces. They have five players with two or more goals in their last four games. Jacob Markstrom is maybe starting to find his game as well for the Flames. And I look at that and I go, well, damn, maybe I should bet on the Oilers tonight because tonight feels like a game they should probably lose, which means they'll probably win. Well, and see, like, uh, normally, if the Oilers were actually playing well and rolling, I would look at a game where Jacob Marks from starting, he's, had, he's he's just had issues against the Oilers historically. Yeah. I would be like, wow, this is this is exactly what they need, a night with Jacob Markstrom. But I, I just can't feel confident in them right now. And that bums me out because we're at this point of the season where, I don't know, like, I, I hate to say it because I don't want to be negative and I'm always trying to be positive and just be like, oh, there's lots of time left. There's 47 games, but... This one's giving me 2017, 2018 vibes a little bit where they almost thought that this was going to be easy getting back into the playoffs or something. And they're just not playing the way they should be. Yeah, and you're right. I think those vibes kind of are there with this team where it was like, all right, like giddy up. They're just going to slide right back into the playoffs here. But remember that year they lost Matt Hendricks and we heard a lot of like, man, they missed having a voice like that in the locker room. And you would certainly hope that in whatever year eight or nine of McDavid and Dreisaitl or whatever we're in now, that they still need veteran voices in the room. But like maybe losing Duncan Keith and Mike Smith is bigger behind closed doors than we thought it was. And I'm usually not a guy who gives much thought to takes like that. I'm usually like, ah, these guys are professional athletes. They should figure it out. But this team consistently plays with no emotion. They consistently come out of the gate slow and they struggle with consistency. To me, that's a lack of, in some ways, leadership. And just the lack of swagger too. Like, yeah, obviously we knew that the Oilers were going to miss Evander Kane when he went out, but I didn't necessarily think it would be this much because when he's on the ice, the, he tends to pull everybody into the fight with him, you know, because he's the guy doing the face washes. He's the guy getting the scrums going. He's the one that gets the juices flowing. And right now, the Oilers don't have any of that. Today in the in the GDB, that's up at OilersNation.com by the time this gets posted, I just say, at best, the Oilers look disjointed. At worst, they look completely lost. And that is just not what I expected from them at all this season. At all. Especially because one of the things we looked at as a big, like, advantage for this team this year is we were like, man, full year of Jay Woodcroft, right? And it's now we're sitting here with just more questions sometimes about the way things are going with with the coaching staff. It's just, man, I, I, I'm almost at a loss because it really does feel like after every loss, we are dissecting the exact same problems with, with this team. And that's a major concern that they can they are not improving. They're not learning from their mistakes. They are not finding ways or persevering. It's just like they show up and they go, well, we're going to try to do the same thing we've done every game this year. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it'll be because our defense and our depth scoring and our D zone play sinks us. And it's, man, it's wild. Yeah, it is wild. Uh, no one else is wild. If you go to jasper.travel forward slash current deals, Tyler, there you will find that you can get half price lift tickets to Marmot on the escape card. The best deal in the Canadian Rockies is back for 2022-23. Save 50% off regular price adult, senior, student, and youth lift tickets every day, all season, no blackout dates, and up to 50% off lift tickets at partner ski areas, 30% off accommodations in Jasper. Go to jasper.travel to get all the deals that they've got going on there. Tyler and I will be heading out to Jasper at the end of January, at this yeah. time, a month from now, we will be wrapping up the Pond Hockey Tournament at the beautiful Jasper Park Lodge. How excited are you to go back there again this year? 
I can't wait. Um, Jasper is always beautiful this time of year. I'm hoping it's like a nice crisp, like minus seven, minus eight. Ooh, and the perfect. rink, the ice out there, the JPL will be beautiful. The lounge, the little uh, area with the fire. Oh, all yep. of it. Great stuff. Last night, I was thinking about it last night because I was out at my missus's place for, we were just doing uh, her Christmas on Boxing Day. And we were at her brother's place. In his backyard, he did a really nice job. He built a really, uh, like, a really cool outdoor ring for his kids. So we were just out there burning around mm-hmm. and just kind of having a little skate, getting getting our feet under us. And it was about minus seven, minus eight, minus nine when we were out there. And it was perfect. And all I could think about was when we're in Jasper, if we can get lucky with that kind of weather again, I'm so stoked. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm right mm-hmm. with you. And sorry, while we're on the topic of our trips, you know we're only 17 days away from Vegas as well with our friends at AMA Travel. Yeah. That it's wild that you say 17 days away because I'm not prepared with anything nope. at all. I haven't even thought about it to be honest, but that's like super exciting. AMA Travel, they put it together an amazing package for us. You want to join us on this trip? You can't, it's sold out. But the good news is we're going to Toronto in March and you can come with that one courtesy with our friends at AMA Travel. Nationgear.ca has got all the details there. It's a bougie trip. We're staying in a beautiful hotel. We're watching the game in a box. That's good love. That's good living, baby. That's real good living. Tyler will be there. I'll be there. You should be there too. Thanks to our friends at AMA Travel. When you look at tonight's game against the Flames, Tyler, just to recap it real quick, what's what's like one thing that sticks out to you that the Oilers just, they have to get done? Like from start to finish, have to get done. To me, it's going to be play with desperation and emotion. I just, I look at it and I go, there's been too many times where this team is easy to play against. They don't forecheck hard. And I want to see them come out tonight and treat this like a must-win kind of playoff game. If you're McDavid and Drysdale, yeah, you're going to go skill it up and all that stuff. But you know what? When you score, show me a little excitement. Show me you're fired up. Show me, and then show the guys on the bench that, hey, we really want this hockey game. And sometimes I feel like McDavid and Drysdale, they score, right? And I don't blame them because it's like, oh, ho-hum. Yeah, yeah, we got our 30th of the year already. It's game 41 or whatever the hell kind of run they're on, right? Like, it's dumb. But I also think sometimes if they score and we get like a really fired up and we got the fuck yeahs going as you're going by the bench, I think that kind of trickles down to the rest of the team. 100%. And maybe they're not scoring, but maybe that gives them a little bit of extra juice on the forecheck. And I think the big guns got to show it early that like, hey, we're not messing around. Remember that game seven against LA McDavid just steamrolled Sean Dursey. And it was yep. like, boom, he set the tone. Everyone else followed. And I want to see that tonight. I want to see everyone from McDavid to Derek Ryan. I want everyone playing with emotion, everyone for checking hard, playing physical, being tough to play against. Just bring it. And I know that's like cliche and maybe dumb, but like, just bring it tonight. For me, I would have to say like Jacob Marks from Zinette. He's historically had issues against the Edmonton Oilers for whatever reason that is. Make life difficult. Get in his kitchen. Get greasy. I'm tired of this cutesy shit, man. When you're not playing well, you got to simplify the game. I don't want passes through the slot looking for guys on the back door when there's maybe not a play there. Maybe it is there. Fire pucks on net. Get in his kitchen. Get in his crease. Get dirty. Get greasy. If you can rattle Jacob Markstrom early, if you can tag him with one, you could set yourself up for a good rest of the night. So for me, a big thing is we need to get a lot of rubber on Jacob Markstrom. We need to get in his eyes and people need to start playing greasy hockey. That's And that goes to your point too of upping the urgency levels. If you're playing desperate hockey, 
you're not necessarily too focused on the cutesy one-timer tic-tac-toe plays. You're just, you're playing simple. You're shooting for rebounds and you're trying to cash in that garbage. That's what I would love to see from the Oilers tonight. Markstrom's known to give up a stinker or two against the Oilers. Um, The other thing that I think will be huge for the Oilers tonight, Bag Milk, is actually Mm -hmm. the special teams battle. And this has been a big, big thing over the course of the season. Their power play is great. Their penalty kill sucks. The Flames are a good five-on-five team. They're averaging 38 shots per game over their last 10. But the special teams matchup is something the Oilers have the ability to dominate tonight. In their last 10 games, the Oilers' power play is 27.5%. The Flames is 16 or 17.6%. The Oilers are a full 10% better than the Calgary Flames on the power play. On the penalty kill, the Oilers are turning it around 82% in their last 10 games. The Flames are 72% on the PK in their last 10. Win the special teams. And you know what I'll even say with that? It goes back to playing hard. If you are forechecking like a demon, if you are getting a ton of zone time and wearing down the Flames, they're going to take penalties, and you can let your world-class power play take advantage of an ice-cold penalty kill. We're talking about a world-class player in Connor McDavid. Tyler, I just want to get your take on this. It takes more than talent to build a successful playoff team. Do you go for all-world skills or for toughness? Two-way play on a proven track record? There are five players in the NHL that I would take ahead of Connor McDavid, and that is from Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. I saw that yesterday, and I legitimately thought it was a parody account making fun of John Scott, but no, it was him. So there was a 37-year-old Bergeron is on his list ahead of him. Uh, who else we got here? I just, yeah, it was, just as I, walk through it, Tyler. I think it was like Bergeron, McKinnon, Makar, Kucherov, and someone else are the players he would take ahead of McDavid in, in, the, in the playoffs. Yes. And my go. response to it was, same guy who averaged more than two points a game in the playoffs last season, who scored an OT winner to eliminate the Calgary Flames in the playoffs last season, who scored the clinching sort of goal, the nail in the coffin against the LA Kings in game seven. And again, was kind of kind of established himself as a physical force, a guy who is willing to play physical to get the job done. Like McDavid was untouchable in those playoffs and the Oilers made the conference finals with a roster that was far from perfect below him. And like, you can sit there and be like, well, Nathan McKinnon won a cup. Yeah, man, because he had Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen, Darcy Kemper was unreal between the pipes, like all of that stuff. That was They were a better team than the Oilers. But McDavid, if you swap McDavid and McKinnon, what? You think the Avs don't win? The, like, it, does, it just, the take didn't make sense <laughs> it's, at it's all. So, to me, it was just like, do you watch Oilers games, John Scott? No. Because I don't think you do. Because if you were watching the games, you would kind of see that he's not really the problem. Yeah. In fact, he's not at all the problem. I just thought it was very funny. And as I was going through some of the quote tweets, some of the replies, I was I was howling laughing yesterday because it was just one of those takes where when you say something so out there, you know you're going to get lit up. You yeah. know you're going to get lit up. You know Oilers fans are not going to sit there and be like, well, I respect your opinion when you say something as ridiculous as that. I thought it was just flat out nonsense, but got a lot of clicks. So, I mean... Absolutely hilarious. (laughs) I love it. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends. It's game day, Tyler. So I got to give a shout out to our friends at Soho because they got the game day deals you need. Check them out at SohoYEG.com. Get yourself a little pizza. Get yourself Mm. a little little drink. Watch a game on a hundred foot, a hundred foot, hundred inch screen. Could you imagine? (laughs) Man, they'd have to expand. Tyler, what's the game day deal for our friends at Soho? Half price wings, deals on cores in Canadian and eight bucks for a pint and a slice. And when we say slice, 
you need to remember the slices mm-hmm. in Soho are like the size of the average person's head. They are massive. So eight bucks is a damn good deal for that. Uh, yeah, shout out to Soho. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk to you about is, did you watch the World Juniors last night? Oh my Lord, did I ever. Um, all so we've Canada, yeah. Go ahead. game one of the tournament, Boxing Day, we're back on our normal schedule. After the weird summer World Juniors tournament in Edmonton that we kind of didn't pay attention to because it's nice out. We had other things to do. Well, now it's boxing day. We're in Halifax. The barns packed before they were, before the game started. You could tell the crowd was ready to go. Canada got the first goal. Ah, then what happened? I, I mean, the simple answer, they got too cute bag milk. Like, listen, I am not someone who sits there and is like, and people who listen to the podcast know this about me. I am not like, ah, you need to play old school rock'em, sock'em, hockey, blah, blah, blah. But also, maybe we just try to make normal plays instead of trying a Michigan every period. It just felt like they were too focused on, like, scoring highlight real goals and looking cool. And it was like, man, just because you come in as the favorites, and they're massive favorites, and just because you're coming into this tournament as the team who people like Stephen Ellis are saying could be the most skilled team Canada's put forth at the World Juniors in like two decades, the the other teams want to beat you really bad. You and you need to actually, you. you need to put in some effort. You need to play hard. You need to play physical. And, you know, they got a bad break with that penalty call, the five-minute major, and that kind of did them in. But still, they were nowhere near as good as and as sharp, and as, sharp as they needed to be in that game. They, they kind of got embarrassed. I I couldn't I was I was stunned as I was watching it like the goaltending could have been a little bit better but I'm not going to hang that on them I agree yeah. with you and it goes back to the Oilers thing too they were, were they were a hundred percent you're so right they were trying to be too cute they were trying to be too cute sometimes you just have to play north south sometimes you just have to put the work in and last night Canada got a little taste of humble pie Czechia wanted it you yep. remember I wrote the game day preview yesterday at Oilers Nation for that that um for that game. And I was looking back at the summer tournament, Czechia lost out to Canada five, two in the semis. Hmm. You think they don't remember that? That was only three. That was a three and a half months ago. A lot 16, of those players are back. 16 returning players from that wow. team. You think they didn't want it? Of course they did. Beating Canada. Who knows what happens to the rest of the tournament for Czechia, but like you're telling me those kids on that team beating Canada in the opener in front of a packed house in Halifax, isn't going to be a highlight of the tournament for them. Come on. Yeah, man. And I mean, you, uh, it's a wake up call. I think the one, and I think it can maybe be a good wake up call because if you would have like lost to Sweden, then your top spot in the division is really in jeopardy. But in all likelihood, Sweden will beat Czechia. That's the way things should break. And if that happens, Canada, you still control your own fate to come first in the, in the pool, right? You just need that one game to break your way and then go out win these next two, get your game back, beat Sweden, I think on New Year's Eve, and then you're good to go. I was a, I think there was a lot of shocked people in that arena yeah. last night. One of my favorite things is as the period was winding down, the third period was winding down, I was just kind of looking at the crowd and just the stunned faces. Because, you know, if you go to a Canada game on Boxing Day, you're expecting a route. That's what you're expecting. Yep. It's tradition. You go in there. Yeah. And they didn't get it. So a little adversity is going to do the boys good. Well, at least I hope so anyway. Can I also add, what a sports night we're lining up for on New Year's Eve. Canada, Sweden, 4.30. Oilers, Jets, 8 o'clock. Whew, that's a good night. That's a big sports night. What uh, I, want to, I want to ask you about 
Christmas Day, there was a lot of football. Were you watching football all day? I was dialed into my football. Uh, Christmas Day, uh, Christmas Eve, there was a lot as well. Uh, my Bills played, got a big win. I like it. I don't know. I know some people are like, oh, you should give them time off to be with their families. And ah. from, yeah, ah, come on, from a consumer perspective, I mean, I love that the NHL's off because it means we don't have to work for a couple of days. Yeah. So, like, it yeah, is just, I totally understand this is hypocritical and very selfish of me, but I love having sports on the weekend. When you're just totally relaxed, sitting with family, you got some game that maybe you don't even care about up on the TV. That's what makes the World Juniors great. It's like when you got nothing to do, you're just like, pittering around the house and it's like oh yeah i had uh yesterday the switzerland finland game with the swiss upsetting them that was awesome just like keep your eye on as you're walking around i love sports at this time of year 100 percent uh going back to the world juniors for a sec you talked about the michigan attempts that were going on throughout the game what did you what was your take on the people i saw i was seeing it on twitter just that are so against that move for whatever reason i, I don't really get it i like innovation in sports I like seeing that kids are trying new things. I think that it's going to be one of those plays that defensemen and goalie are eventually going to get used to. They're going to figure out how to defend against it. But in the meantime, they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep trying it. And I like it. I like seeing this, the sport move forward. Like I, otherwise we're going to be still, you know, no forward passes in the NHL. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what do you think on that? I don't know. I like, I'm fine with it. Most of the time, I just felt like, in yesterday's game, it's a little irritating and it's a risky move because if it doesn't work, you, you kind of look weird doing it. And I just yeah. felt like in the moment, Canada should have been bearing down a little bit more um, and maybe just trying to get pucks in front, maybe not trying to be so flashy. But I don't understand the people who are like just losing their minds about it either. Like there were people legitimately pissed off about it. It's like, eh, like you probably have a similar chance of scoring on that at the speed they're pulling it off. Then you do it. What? Like a wraparound on the ice when the goalie's got both his pads down. So I don't know. I don't hate it as much as any other people. But when your team loses five two and the only good highlights are in air quotes, good highlights that come out of it are your two Michigan attempts. It's kind of like, ah, damn, should have focused on winning the game. Uh, we're only doing a quick episode of Oilers Nation Radio today, so I just yeah. want to wrap up with a couple of just a look at what's left in December, Tyler. We got obviously yeah. the Flames tonight, last battle of Alberta of the year. Friday, they play the Seattle Kraken. That's the first time, right? Yep, first time this season that they're playing the Seattle Kraken. And I touched on how, you know, last season after they started 18, 15, and two. They went 10-4-1. Well, you want to look at a stretch of games where it'd be great for you to go on a heater and maybe go 10-4-1. How about a stretch where, again, divisional game against Calgary, divisional game against Seattle. Then you got Winnipeg. Then it's Seattle again. The week after that, you play five straight Pacific Division games from January 9th to January 17th. You go LA, Anaheim, San Jose, Vegas, Seattle. And then it's one against Tampa. Then you get a sixth against Vancouver. You play so much divisional hockey in the next to win those. 25 calendar days here. You need to get on a heater here. And if you do, this could be, I don't think this is an exaggeration, a season-defining stretch for the Edmonton Oilers if they can get rolling. Because all of those are four-point nights. Yep. And it, what makes it even more important that you start to pick up some points against the division, in regulation, I should add, is that you've had games against the Anaheim Ducks, lost in regulation the vancouver canucks lost in regulation like you mentioned against st louis that game was basically tied up with a bow lost in the shootout you're passing up points here and i also include you know i got i know they got one point against nashville that's another winnable game to me 
Yeah. You know, so they could, if we would be in a much different situation, having a much different conversation today, if you had picked up eight points in that stretch rather than two, you know what I mean? So the, for the Oilers, they have to, they have to close. They have to get the killer instinct. They have to look at these games. Like I know Seattle's having a good start to the season, but they're, you know, looking at them, they're, they're starting to come back to earth a little bit. You have to win. You have to beat that team. They are four, five, and one in their last ten. That's a you know ahead of whatever they got they got going on this week. Before we meet up with them this week, the Oilers are two points behind them. I know Seattle has three games in hand. You got to start dent, putting a dent in that. Yeah, have to. Even against LA, you look at that where LA is compared to them in the standings. You're six back of the LA Kings, but you have two games in hand. You're going to have a chance to make those games up here over this next stretch of hockey put wins in the bank. A big part of the reason the Oilers were able to finish where they did in the Pacific Division last year is because they dominated those in-division matchups. And so far this year, they are 3-4-0. and oh. Can't happen. You're playing a team in Calgary, 6-2-2 two, and two against the division. And guess what? They're ahead of you in the standings because of how they've taken care of business against their own division. You need to win yep. these games coming up. Another thing, too, that the Oilers really need to work on is I know they're in Calgary tonight, but 9-9-1 nine, nine and one at home. They were a really good team at Rogers yeah. place last year. I don't get that at all. It's just, it's not the same Oilers we saw down the stretch last year. It's, it's wild. And, so, and in so many aspects, what, what's your score prediction for tonight? Just oh, give it to me. Both these teams have hit the over six times in their last 10 games. They like scoring a lot of goals when they go head to head. I'm going to say the Oilers win five, three, but that fifth one's an empty netter. So it's a tight game. I'm going to say four, two win, but mm. that's because Stu stands on his head. I think I could see an hey. empty netter too. Hey, here's a question for you. I threw it to Jay. Yeah. So 35 games into the year, 20 starts for Skinner, 15 for Campbell is the way it's been split up. They have 47 games to go. How do you think, if you had to guess, how many games for Stu, how many starts for Jack? I really think that, yeah, I, I can't even look at it that way. I really think that down the stretch, based on where the Oilers are at in the standings and just their own season, you got to ride the hot hand. And I don't care who that is. If it's Stuart Skinner and he's playing two games to Campbell's one or whatever that split ends up being, fine. If we get a reversal, fine. I don't care. I just need somebody to stop the puck. I, and I really don't care who it is at this point. That's fair. I, I was going to say, I'm, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Skinner holds this job and he starts 30 of the last 47. I think Campbell will have a stretch in him where he's good, but I think it's Stu's net to lose. And you're right. You got to play the guy who gives you the best chance to win. And right now it's the guy with the goals against average below three, not the guy with the goals against average above four. So I know we're going to do another episode on Friday, but you've got Seattle, you've got Winnipeg on back to back Friday, Saturday. How are you splitting those up? Winnipeg is really banged up right now, and I think you need to win the divisional game in Seattle. So I would go Stu on uh, Friday night on the road, and then I'd go Campbell at home against Winnipeg. You got to give him a home start eventually, too, and maybe that can be a bit of a momentum builder for him if he plays well in front of the Rogers Place crowd. I don't disagree with that. Yep, I don't disagree with that at all. The only the only reason I could see it being flipped is that the Oilers haven't played Campbell at home in like a month. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Longer than a month now. Is it really? His last start at home. I'll check right now. Um, it's just, it's interesting to see that they're playing him. So, and I kind of get it to a point where they're, well, Tyler's looking for it. I get it to a point because Campbell has struggled so much this year that the last thing you need is for him to do a stinker at Rogers' place and get lit up and have the crowd jump on him. So I get it from that aspect but also this is your five million dollar guy and you can't play him at home my guy it's almost been two months he hasn't played at home since oh, november no. 5th <laughs> 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 Brutal. oh boy 
I can't. Have oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, well, we should oh go sometimes. Boy. Here's hoping that, you know, he's got the new pads coming out. I just, here's hoping that 2023 starts off better for Jack. Yeah. Now we need him. That's just the long and short of it. We're lucky that Stuart Skinner's playing as well as he is, but mm-hmm. the reality is we need them both. We need them both. When the Oilers were at their best last season, you were getting quality starts from Mike Smith. He's one of the best goalies down the stretch. You were also getting quality starts from Miko Koskinen when you need him. We need that same kind of output from our, our two goaltenders here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Especially, you know what? As much as it sucks to say it, Stu's been slipping a little as of late too. His last 10 games are not that good. Yep. Only a 901 save percentage. Jack, when you get the ball next, you need to run with it. Have to run with it. Yep. Uh, Tyler, let's wrap up the podcast. I just want to ask, what did you get for Christmas? Uh, my lovely girlfriend got me a new, nice blue Josh Allen jersey. He's my guy. Oh, nice. He's the quarterback of my team. Um, and I didn't have a blue Josh Allen jersey. So when they're on their run to the Super Bowl, I'll have that to rock. And my girlfriend and I, big moment for us, we got a Roomba from my parents. That's huge. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. I love that. Yourself? Is, isn't it funny how you get older and the gifts you get are just like so practical and you're like, yeah. Like I was super excited last night to get wine glasses, like different wine glasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a crock pot I was super pumped on. I got just, uh, you know, I got some clothes I was super pumped on. It's just so funny. I, I feel like I'm turning into a very old man right in front of my own eyes. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Sometimes you just, sometimes you need a crock pot, Tyler. Yeah. Last night we got the Roomba and we went and we had to plug it in overnight. And the first thing I said to my girlfriend, I woke up is I was like, we can go set the Roomba in a room. Like we can go use it. We were very excited. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just like I love our friends at DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Tourism Jasper, Soho. AMA Travel Betway and all of you that are listening and giving us a little bit of time here in this weird week where time just kind of stands still and nobody knows what day it is. Mm. If I'm being honest, Tyler, did you show up for the 8.30 meeting this morning? I thought it was canceled. I also thought it was canceled. So did people oh, show up to that? A couple did. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say, you run the meeting. I was like, I thought about it at like 8.50. I was like, I wonder if there was a meeting today and I just didn't show up for it. Well, so it was funny. Last night I wasn't home and I was having a couple of cocktails. Yeah. So I text. So Quad says, Is there a meeting? And I was like, I don't think so, but could you do me a favor and just kind of pop in and see if there's anybody there? And he did. And uh, shout out to Waz and Faber for holding their schedules on a <laughs> Tuesday in late December. Great. Great stuff. You are time, hot- time does not exist this week. Nope. You're our hot performers of the week for showing up to that 8 30 a.m. meeting where no one else was. So. Shout out to the team for getting all. By the way, if you're listening to this right now, OilersNation.com, just because time is standing still, we've got a lot of content going up this week as well. Regular game day stuff is going on. Tyler's doing Oilers Nation every day on game days this week. We're covering the World Juniors, covering the Oilers. There's going to be plenty to talk about. Today, I actually want to give a shout out to Robin Bradley for the article he wrote today. It's the final battle of Alberta of the season, Tyler. Ugh. But... It's not where we thought it would be at this point of the season, don't you think? No. Um, both just, teams man. both teams spinning their wheels a little bit. Both teams high expectations. Both teams not satisfying which, those expectations. Which I think could lead to a spicy BOA tonight and a lot of talk tomorrow about how we can't believe we're not getting another one of these this year. I hope so. I really, really hope so. I'd love to see it. And yeah. I'd love to see you guys leave some reviews on the podcast. So hit us up. Mm. Five-star review. You say whatever you want. Say whatever you want in there. Just give us a five-star review. We will read those on a later episode of the podcast. Tyler, not often we get to do a solo podcast anymore. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Me too. 
You enjoy the Oilers game tonight, pal, and whatever else you got planned for the rest of the week. You too. See you, everybody. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.